0: Strictly John Keith Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9 Hello I'm John Keith and welcome to another edition of Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Now, this is an exciting season for Evertonians. As we record this show, only two league defeats since Roberto Martinez succeeded David Moyes last summer have inspired dreams of European football next season. Even a top four places up for grabs in potentially one of the tightest finishes for years. But it's also been onward and upward off the field at Goodison, with two of the club's prestigious organisations crossing new thresholds. Everton in the community, a charity on which you awards have cascaded over the years, has now been singled out by the Prime Minister for a special tribute, and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by the organisation's Chief Executive and also Deputy CEO of the club itself, Denise Barrett-Baxendale. Welcome to the top of the City Tower, Denise. Thank you. And also joining us in the studio, lifelong Everton fan and chairman of the Everton Former Players Foundation, which has just slapped on the grease paint and taken to the stage for the first time. Welcome to Lawrence Lee.
1: Thank you very much for having me, John.
0: It's great to have you both here. (coughs) Denise, if I could start with you. I referred in the introduction to uh, the Prime Minister bestowing an award on Everton in the community and I gather you're off to Downing Street for the presentation later this year.
2: Yes, we've been invited to 10 Downing Street in June this year Um, so we're absolutely delighted thrilled to be able to take that trip down to London and receive the award on behalf of Everton in the community.
0: Yes, and and what exactly was it given for, Denise?
2: Um, The award was given to uh, only 15 people during 2013, those organizations or individuals who'd been um, identified as um, providing outstanding impact in the local community. So, as I say, as uh, Everton Football Club's official charity, we were thrilled to accept that on behalf of the club.
0: Because looking down uh, your list of achievements, you and the community. Um, The awards, there's not enough paper to list them. The awards literally, as I said, have cascaded on it, haven't they? Yes,
2: they have. We're at 68 awards now. (laughs) Um, So we've secured 68 awards in the last four years and... Um, as I always say to my to my staff, obviously it's it's not about collecting the awards; it is, it's about the external recognition and validation for the impact of the work we do. So, uh, you know, we show no signs of slowing down. We're ambitious entering two thousand and fourteen, and we intend to to keep up the good work. I'm Leon. sure
0: you do. And obviously, that's uh, you've got a great you've got great leadership in yourself, but obviously, clearly, you've got great staff as well and volunteers. haven't Absolutely you?
2: Absolutely phenomenal team. And in the four years that I've been there, we start when I was appointed, we had. And um, just over 40 staff um, and today we boast um, 91 full-time wow. staff, 64 casual, 188 volunteers and we're about to appoint another 30 staff to our team really? at the end of January so we're growing obviously and the expansion plan is, is there because the desire and need for our services is growing. We have more and more vulnerable people turning to Everton in the community for support.
0: Yeah and, and I suppose when people have tough economic times, people in the community... Schemes like yours, I know they're multifarious, but the things you do are even more important, aren't they? They are.
2: They're crucial. Um, mm. And also having the dedication and commitment of my staff who work tirelessly, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty-five mm. days a year, um, to you know to commit the time and, and energy and resource into supporting the community in the best way possible, um, then that's fantastic for us. It's, it's exactly what we um, we represent and what yeah. we want to yes, have I'm success sure.
0: in. And well, what I've noticed because we we very you very kindly invited us to do. Um, the Dixie Dean story uh, for the community in the open air some a couple of years yeah. ago. What I noticed about the, your your staff is there is a great team spirit about it, isn't there? Great esprit de corps.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, exceptional drive and dedication, yeah. passion yeah. to do what right and proper. Um, excellent pace, really. What we do, we, you know, we have forty-two social programs. lot to change. Lots of participants. Lots of um, sessions to run. And when you um, say
0: sorry, but when you say forty-two social programs. What exactly is that? And,
2: and they, I mean, as as you'd be aware, when we when we were established twenty five years ago, our intention was to offer participation in sport in areas of high depri- deprivation across Merseyside. So it really was about soccer in the community. Um, but over the last four years, we've become very sophisticated have a very strong and buoyant social program, which will target health, education, unemployment, homelessness, mm. um, health. You know, very um, much about mental health, working with veterans, ex service personnel. Um, Premier League sports, so it's huge. It yes, really is, and um, targeting indeed. all of those key areas that we have to make an impact on in this area, education as well is key to us. Yes. Um, so obviously, we you know we are developing as many programs as we can in response to need in the area.
0: And and if anyone would like to volunteer, that they simply contact.
2: Yeah, we Ever- have a, a volunteer coordinator called Joe Rowe. Um, his details are all on the website, but right. we do welcome volunteers, whether it's people who can help us raise funds or support programmes, read, read with young people in schools or going yeah. to Alder Hay work on our Alder Hay programme yeah. um, running so, um, soccer programmes so there are lots of roles and responsibilities that we love to have covered by volunteers and, yeah. and they're crucial to us Oh yes, um, particularly on the extension that we have on a match day now because we are part of the memorable match day team yeah. um, at Goodison on match days and it's yeah. great to have as many volunteers yeah. involved in that as possible there's, there's
0: a great match day experience at now because you've got the fan zone yes. at one end and at the other end in the top top floor of St Luke's Church. Yes. You've got the Everton Heritage yes. Society, yeah. which are there every home game. Yeah, and with deli- great memorabilia they've got.
2: Yeah, and we're delighted to have supported that project this yeah. year with the Heritage Society mm. Um and the fan zone's been great. Oh, um, we've, yeah. we've in my recent post as deputy chief executive, um, Robert gave me the responsibility. To Robert, Elston, Robert the Elston, yeah, yeah. gave me the responsibility to lead one of the strategic um, pillars, which is called memorable match day, enriching and enhancing the match day experience for fans. And we've had great fun. We've themed our games, obviously, to create that atmosphere for junior fans and. Um, as I say, enrich and extend the day for, for our fans. And it's been great. But the community team, obviously, alongside a cross club group, make a great impact on that day.
0: Yeah, superb. Lawrence Lee, um, great <coughs> to hear the uh, community going from strength amazing. to strength.
1: Absolutely amazing. They've done a tremendous job over the last 25 years. And uh, we are a great club as far as charities are concerned, uh, on a much smaller scale, of course, because the uh, evidence the community is, is massive. Uh, but in spite of its magnitude, it doesn't lose any of its qualities. That's exactly. the beautiful thing about mm. it. Mm. And the atmosphere as you walk around the park end and go through the fan zone really gives you the uh, the impetus to go into the match if you haven't got it already. It's yes. fantastic. It, uh,
0: yes, it is. I've, I've experienced it. In mm-hmm. fact, we did a little clip of Dixie there uh, before the whole game yeah. recently. But mm. your organisation, the Former Players Foundation, as I said in the introduction... Uh, you um, branched out in a thespian
1: direction. Indeed, we did. Nobody, the broke a, nobody broke a leg <laughs> at the at the dome. For even I wished them to do so. But the
0: writer wasn't very well, Mike no, Howell. That absolutely. was. Uh, I mean, he no. in the great spirit of the theatre, he um, he battled on after having a heart attack two days before. Yes, he did. And what we're talking about is the class of '63, the play, yeah. which was over two nights and one matinee. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think you were a bit anxious about it, but I think you were pleased at how it turned I was delighted
1: about it because it was never going to be a massive fundraiser, but the awareness that it gave and the publicity for our organisation yes. uh, was absolutely immense. And uh, there were a few uh, fears among the, uh, the committee that it may not succeed, but uh, particularly on the Friday night, the, uh, the theatre was packed out. It there was, was a lovely atmosphere, it. wasn't it? It was a tremendous atmosphere, and it was marvellous seeing Tony Kaye, uh, Derek Temple, uh, Billy Bingham uh, yes. came on the first night yes. and of course Pat LeBone oh, our yes. administrator yes uh, who's been absolutely magnificent yes. uh, on our committee uh, recent in recent times yes. and uh we, uh, we decided it was a, t- a totally different area to branch out into mm. instead of dinners. and mm. I mean, they're marvellous, all, all these dinners and the various other uh, play on the pitch which, with the help of the community, in the community, which we put on at the end of the season. But this was something completely different and the actors were superb and I'm very grateful to you too, John, for your contribution. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, in it, but it was the atmosphere was amazing and people who don't particularly like football even but went along to see the history and the references to uh, one and sixpence for a bass stout (laughs) and that kind of thing were absolutely incredible. And there
0: was some great archive footage, wasn't there? Lovely.
1: It was just absolutely superb. And the venue was good, and uh, everything was uh, tremendous. I'm very, very proud of all my fellow trustees uh, who contributed like they did. Mm. And the actors, and Mike Howell, who you mentioned, yes. uh, had had a heart attack. Mm. And uh, I was watching him on the final day, just wondering whether he'd peg out. I know. Well, he really? wrote
0: it as well and played yeah. John Moores in he the did, play. He did. He
1: was marvellous as yes. John Moores. Yes. Absolutely. He was. Absolutely he was super. superb, actually. But, I'm pleased but they all were. The,
0: the whole ca- what a lovely cast it was. I think there were 15 of us all together. Absolutely.
1: And the funny thing about it, of course, is that the match that interspersed the, the play performances was against Fulham, mm-hmm. uh, as it was uh, in 1963 when to... they won the league. Yeah, and a lot of the uh, the little girls and boy actors put a bet on them winning four one, yes. and as if God wrote the script himself. Yes, yeah, they won four one, and I, why I didn't back it myself, I was so furious. Yeah. But it was just obvious it was going to be a four one. Because when I win.
0: walked in on the Sunday for the matinee, yeah. they were all <clears throat> they were all light of foot and uh, yes. joyous of heart, and I thought, and they suddenly said, oh, we've all won, you know. Yes, <laughs> I said, okay. and some of them have put quite a bit of money on. Yes, as well. it was twenty to one. Yeah, that's brilliant. But isn't it was it? funny, wasn't
1: yeah. it, how fate. Plays a part, yeah. And to to win four one, and uh, while well, you're commemorating the fiftieth anniversary, was uh, amazing.
0: So that's given you a little taster. Yeah. So you might consider in the future doing some other theatrical. Oh, events. I think so.
1: And as long as we keep uh, Mike Howell in cotton wool oh. for the for the next year, but I'm pleased to report to you that uh, he's fighting fit. Oh, that's good. He's been told I was going to, to he's, to ask he's been told you. to slow down, but I right. I'm in constant touch with him. Right. And I spoke to him last week, and uh, they've told him to stay off the stage for now. Uh, but he's he's fine. He'll be fit for the next fixture. Oh, that's good. Well, we... we, Don't know what that'll be yet. (laughs) No, we don't know yet. No, No. we don't know, but he writes plays as quickly as uh, Ernie Wise.
0: Well, he's done the great one about Beryl Marsden, which is on, I think, at the Epstein later
1: this year. It was on at the Cavern, and it's on the Epstein later this year. I'm looking forward to seeing... So that was an example of how we branch out. Yes. uh, Because we get great support from the club uh, and from Everton, the community, and without them... And the support of the uh of the fans, uh, we just couldn't survive. No, but well, obviously uh, no. But uh they are our lifeblood. And uh to come up with something like this, I think really was uh a catalyst to further good publicity. Good yes. Publicity.
0: Well I was um very uh privileged to be at your um Everton and the community Christmas lunch. Pat LeBone invited me very kindly and um you will remember, and I thought, what a marvellous indication of the type of man he is, that while we were sitting having lunch...
1: The former players' lunch.
0: Robert, the yes. former players' yes. lunch, yes. Yes. yes, at Goodison. Mm. Um, Roberto found out it was on and came all the way from Finch Farm to yes. come and say hello to everybody. That's superb. That's, and it w- that's style, that's class, isn't it?
1: It was lovely. And uh, I mean, I can't make comparisons with former managers and I won't. No, but well, he's, he's one no. off. Mm. He is absolutely He's the nicest. Uh, Denise will knows absolutely. him better than me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've met him a couple of times mm. and he's such a nice gentleman. Mm. Yes. And of course, he was the day after we'd beaten Man United at Old Trafford. I think that made it a Bit more enjoyable, oh, didn't just it? Just a tiny little, <laughs> a tiny. Particularly as I <laughs> got a ticket at five o'clock, and managed to get there. Oh, did you? Yes, yes he, was, yeah. he was just uh, yes. amazing, and yeah. uh, for him to come in on this wave of euphoria uh, at the lunch, the, the former players were. Everybody was delighted, yeah. except Howard. Who gave him a mock strangulation yeah. because he took his record away? <laughs> yeah, because Howard was the last manager to to, uh, to win to, to win at Old Trafford.
0: Trafford. Yeah, and talking about Howard, it was great mm. to see the number of managers there, wasn't it? We had Gordon Lee and his wife, yeah. Joe Royal, Absolutely. Howard, as you say, yeah. uh, and Billy Bingham. Yes, of course. Who I hadn't Who I know Billy from way back. Mm. Um, looking very well. He does look well. And he's well in his 80s. And
1: it's lovely to see them all. Yes. And year after year they come along and they're all so welcome. Yes. And of course, uh, Roberto's very keen to know about the former managers. And when I first went to see him at Finch Farm, he wanted to know stories about former managers. Did he really? Former managers. Mm. I, uh, oh, I we can he... tell
0: him a few of those.
1: Oh, yes. I did not know. <laughs> Gordon Lee's name oh, came up again. a couple of yes, times. Yes, yes. But uh, he's, he's such a nice chap. It he really is. is. Yes, and he he's is. brought a smile back to the club.
0: Well, I think you can see that on the field, let alone off it, can't you? you they can, enjoy themselves, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard stories that when he arrived, he found certain doors were closed at Finch Farm, and he said, why are the doors closed? And somebody said, well, they were closed because, you know, that's the way it was. Open the doors. Open the door. And there's this openness about him, well, it's isn't It's
1: figurative there? and literal, isn't
0: it? Yes, exactly. It's figurative and literal. Well mm-hmm. said, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Denise, I know uh, t- uh, Lawrence has um, touched on what I wanted to ask you you get great support from the players don't you as well Absolutely, uh, which is yeah. vital to your yes, organization the first
2: team it's vital um and obviously from Roberto who's um, one of our ambassadors but we you know we're so fortunate and we never take it for granted in terms of the commitment that our players give to Everton mm. and the community but it's so important for Evertonians. It's so important for our fans that they have mm. that contact with the first team. Yeah. Um, and you know Roberto is very keen to ensure that they take that responsibility seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and Lawrence, you um, you uh, have been what chairman for about ten years now.
1: Oh, it's, yes. Is that right? Since yeah. more or less. Was well, it, at it, the was, it wasn't right since its inception because uh, David France, Dr. Uh, David France. That's was the, right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he created it. And uh, he emigrated, and uh, he wasn't well. I'm pleased to say he's fighting fit now. And he said, look, I've got to retire, but uh, I'll only be happy. He obviously didn't have any taste. <laughs> if you take over. And in fact, it, it's strange how I became involved in the first place, because uh, if you've got time for me to tell you this, uh, we played uh, West Brom in the third round of the FA Cup about 1990. It was the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And in order perhaps to wind us up, They wheeled onto the pitch almost literally, the 1968 Cup winning team. I remember that, yes. And I could not believe, I had no involvement in former players then, I could not believe how players had deteriorated because they're immortal. Players are immortal.
0: Well, i tell you what we'll do, Lawrence. We'll come back to talk about that uh, in the next segment of Strictly John Keith. I'm talking to Denise Barrett-Baxendale and Lawrence Lee about things Everton on and off the field we'll be talking more to them after this break
1: this is strictly John Key City
2: Talk
0: 105.9. Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guests, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Chief Executive of Everton in the Community, and Lawrence Lee, Chairman of the Everton Former Players Foundation. In the last segment, um we uh, we touched with uh, Lawrence about how the Former Players' Foundation came into being and he was saying that um, David France had been the first uh, the first chairman of it. But, but Lawrence, you were saying that you were really struck uh, the, on the pitch for a game against West Brom in the early 1990s. You saw players in not the best yeah, of weren't.
1: health. It, was, it shocked me. Yes. And I thought if the West Bromwich players from 1968 uh, are becoming frail and ageing, what must our boys be like? Because I didn't have any contact with them in those days. And it was some time later that uh, I was approached by David uh, about uh, the former players. So I was an inaugural member under David of it and uh, it became clear immediately what a tremendous charity it was. Mm. And then he uh, he wasn't terribly well. He emigrated and yeah. I took over as chair and have remained so ever since. Yes. And um,
0: the, I, I think I'm right in saying that yours was the template for other football clubs similar organisation. Didn't Liverpool yeah. ask you advice when they set up theirs?
1: I've, had, I've been asked for advice from uh, numerous clubs, uh, Blackburn, uh, Bolton, uh, Chester, really? who have got a, a, a fine little organisation, but of course they've got famous former players. Oh, certainly have, yeah. Uh, who I won't name here, being an Evertonian, but there are, <laughs> I won't rush into it. But, oh! Okay. But uh, there are many, and they've got a very uh, fascinating uh, organization, considering that they're non-league now, mm. uh, but they they do their best, and as I say, Blackburn and various other clubs. But uh, we are just about well, we are the the just about the only registered charity of former players in Britain. I think Glasgow Rangers have got a a, uh, a good organization, but about two thousand and four or five, uh, I received an invitation from Barcelona. Uh, I thought it was a, a mickey take at first. Yeah. I didn't realise it was true. Asking me to go over to Spain uh, with a view to starting a European former players association. Was that at the Nou Camp, was it? At the Nou Camp, yeah. 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 And uh, there were representatives from Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, from England, there was uh, Aston Villa, who have got a, a, quite an organisation, mm. through yeah. uh, Bruce Rioch's brother. Yes, Neil. Neil yeah. Uh Glasgow Rangers, Club Bruges, uh, they were also a representative of the former players of Russia. Wow! And it looked like the guy who represented them had just come over the wall, because <laughs> all he wanted to do was uh, go drinking. Ah. And the first meeting was on Sunday, but he was barred. Oh, right. He never got as far as the first hurdle. Good gracious! Unfortunately, yeah. and the the aim was to look after all the former players of Europe. Yeah. And I said, well, it's hard enough looking after all the players of Everton, consider- compared to all of Europe. Well, how could we do this, was the question. I said, well, UEFA is the obvious answer as far as I'm concerned. Why not ask UEFA to donate maybe a euro cent for every UEFA Cup ticket as it was then, Europa League now, Mm. Champions League, uh, international euro championships. Uh, They thought this was a good idea. I thought it was uh, not original. And uh, to my amazement, they created an executive consisting of Real Madrid Barcelona, Bayer Leverkusen, and Everton. Fantastic. And I hope one day that's the semi final lineup in the Champions well, League. Well, that would be good, wouldn't that it? That would be yeah. rather nice. Yeah. And two weeks later, I was in neon trying to convince UEFA uh, to sponsor us. And uh, I was with uh, uh, Leonard Johansson and his uh, number two, Lars Krista Olsen. And their offices in neon are magnificent, overlooking oh, Mont yes. Blanc on Lake oh, yes. Geneva. Yes. And the first yes. thing that uh, Johansson said to me is, "Lawrence, I owe you an apology. I said, what for? He said, I'm afraid the view of Mont Blanc is shrouded in mist. <laughs> and I said, nice you want to come to my office in <laughs> Chewbrook, you, where we pray for fog? <laughs> what a lovely line. I do like that. Line, and uh, and yeah. they said, well, what are your aims in EFPA? That's your lawyer's office, I hasten it to It is, my, yes, yes, yes. 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 Uh, what are your aims? I said, well, we're uh, kicking out racism equality of all descriptions in football, but primarily we want to look after uh, former players in Europe. And uh, I told him all the other things that we wanted to do, and Leonard Johansson said, Lawrence, you remind me of a hunter who goes out into the woods in the middle of the night and fires 20 shots and goes back next morning to see if he hit a bear. (laughs) That's that's superb, isn't it? And uh, we didn't hit any bears, but... Uh, he, they did sponsor us, and they were very great, very generous, and that was sort of the zip fire lighter, if you like. And really? now FPA is an amazingly yeah. large organisation, well established. Oh yes, and throughout every country, Poland and Eastern mm. Europe, and yeah. uh, they don't need me anymore. I mean, I go to every uh, every meeting, and uh, I once I was asked to talk about Everton and the work we do. Yes, and various clubs were, and I was sat next to the uh, my oppo from Barcelona. Uh, Pep Guardiola, his Yeah, name. the great Pep. Yes. He was the chairman of the former players' oh. foundation yeah. of Barcelona before he became who he did. Yes. And what a lovely chap! Yes. what A great chap, I believe. And so. there was a little old man sitting in the audience, uh, and he was listening to what I was saying, and he stood up, and it was uh, Di Stefano. Oh, the great Alfredo Di Stefano! Stefano. Oh. And he said, and he yeah, caused me. me to cry. He said, "I am so delighted for what you do for Everton." Isn't and was that so? I tell you what, don't I get better so than emotional. that, do you? It, no, couldn't get a better tribute. Yeah,
0: that's super. And while we're on great yeah. players, nothing to do with Everton in the community or the former mm-hmm. players, but the great Eusebio left oh. us. And I'll, I'll always connect him with Everton because yes, I saw course. that a, astonishing display yeah. at Goodison Park in 1966. Half time score North Korea 3, Portugal 0. Yeah. Game looked over. Yes. And then. Eusebio began his destruction, four goals, yeah. unbelievable. And the
1: first half belonged to Hang Hangbong Zik and... Uh, Hang
0: pack Uik. Pak, Uik. <laughs> Pak Yeah, Uik. And, and pack up Uik. your troubles and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. but, but
1: Eusebio was... But, but the election. story
0: was, at half-time in the tunnel, Bill Shankly was hanging around, mm-hmm. and he swore to his dying day that at half-time, the North Koreans changed the whole team except the goalkeeper. He says, they couldn't change the goalkeeper, he was too big. But all the rest, they changed. And I won't call him, uh, it's racist and obscene what he called them. But uh, I said, well, it didn't do him any good, did it, Bill? Because they got absolutely um, swamped in the second half by Eusebio. Sad loss, what a nice. He did come to Everton within the last three years or so. I believe so. He still didn't speak any English, but he didn't have to, did he, really? No, no, no. Yeah. Anyway, that's... that's we yes, digress. Yes. No, no. Um, talking about Everton in the community, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, mm-hmm. is. we've sadly not been to you for the last minute or two, mm. um, very timely, as we said earlier, that um, this was formed, Everton in the community, in February 1988, very timely that the Prime Minister's crowned the 25th anniversary with this award. Um, but during this time, you've helped well immeasurably large numbers of unemployed people become what you call, I think, job ready yes. through your Everton for Employment Scheme. Which uh, um, could you just give us a little yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, we, outline of that?
2: Um, we we have a fantastic employment project at Everton. Um, we are our current statistics are indicating that we get. Um, 40% of people back into work, returning to work. Now, these are people who have been long-term unemployed, um, probably the furthest removed from the employment market, 10 years plus. And we'll also have a number of issues, um, maybe... offended in the past or um, recovering from um, self-medication in terms of drugs or alcohol or or all of those things. So so would traditionally be very difficult to place. Um, So we boast great statistics in that respect. We work very closely with the Job Centre to find um, our participants' opportunities in the workplace. Um, And due to the success of that project, we've just um, won an award, a commissioning award for a new employment project which will also um, we, we will employ another 30 people at Everton in the community right, that's super. and we'll be working with INGIS um, working in this instance with very young people so some of the young people who are finding it difficult to get employment yep. um, so we have great aspirations for that project, we're really um, looking forward to working with a number of people who have joined um, our workforce development project. so we're getting people to um, form part of a project team to place these young people in work and if there are any employers out there who'd like to align themselves with Everton we'd be delighted to hear from you Um, it's always great to find an opportunity for a young Evertonian from a fan in the crowd and I often say the success of our programme comes from the fact that we have almost 40,000 people in that stadium each week, all of whom would love to give a young Evertonian an opportunity so maybe that's where Everton um, yeah. shows its success and
0: if they want to volunteer they go to the website
2: Yes and, we, yeah. and we'll be putting obviously some uh, materials out in the next couple of months around that project, specifically inviting people to work alongside us, we have some great people already lined up to work with us but if you can offer a young person an opportunity for a work placement it would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We have just, we have 20 apprentices at Everton as well this year that we've recruited as part of targeting youth and employment really? in the city yeah. and they've brought a certain sense of magic to Goodison Park, they really have. Um, they've come into different departments across the club and they're fantastic they're lovely young Liverpool um, people coming from schools who want an opportunity and a chance, and yeah. uh, and we'd be delighted for anybody who wants to work Great alongside stuff. us. Somewhere. And you also
0: have information in the Match programme, don't yes. you?
2: Yes, yeah. yes, we yeah. do.
0: Yeah. Now, the other, one, well, say the other, one of the many other things which has been sort of, uh, well, struck me was the, um, the the Disability Programme, which is, uh, I gather, it's the biggest of any club in the world. You've got 26 mm-hmm. teams for yeah. all ages and abilities. That's... Yeah, we're
2: very proud of our Disability yeah. Programme. It's internationally esteemed. Mm-hmm. Um, we have 26 teams, so we have a, a blind football team, deaf football oh. team, wheelchair football team. We're the only club to have um, promoted mixed gender participation. And um, we have disability staff in Alder Hey every day. Um, we will work with young people whose ability to participate in sport could be very limited so they may just be able to grip a ball or move yes, their hand yes. but that mobility is crucial for them in the week um, and we are we also prepared um, two gentlemen for the Paralympics wow. last year so wow. obviously the scale is really yeah. from very um, minor yeah. um, ability to move of movement right up to um, representing TNGB. GB so we're delighted with that program and and um, more recently as well we've developed that program to improve Sorry, to include our mental health um, and mental health programme. And we're very proud of that because it was... You know, um, we were very brave as a club to stand up and say it's okay to have mental health problems, yes. let's talk yes, about that's... it it's okay for a, for gentlemen to suffer from mental health mm. problems and we get great support from our, our first team in, in endorsing that programme and the success of that led to us having an award for um, ex service personnel and we've recently developed a dementia project and we're doing really well in that and mm, um, obviously linking with people like Lawrence for, to use the memorabilia, the Everton collection, the former mm. players to stimulate Yes. memories and, and um, yes, interests from previous that, that
0: struck a chord my wife who's a counsellor for Sefton she's um running um, Make Southport Dementia Friendly mm. and at Southport Football Club they have a regular weekly get-together with people who have dementia and they have memorabilia and they say, oh yes, and it sparks that. They say, I was at that game in 1958 mm-hmm. yes, and, and, and it's a great therapy, yes. isn't it? Yes, and yes.
2: songs and anthems and things we sing yes. along and, yeah. and um, fashions from the era, yes. you know, different types. Yes. Of, de- yeah. Certainly the players who stimulate them. Um, those memorable match day experiences for them. So, yeah, yeah, we're we're very proud of them. I I think it's
0: hugely important that that there's this um, popular conception of football clubs, perception, I should say, of football clubs, Premier League clubs, sort of dripping in money, uh, alienated from the community. But clearly, I mean... Everton, and I know Liverpool do as well, but your community scheme is rooted in the community. It's got tentacles going all out into the community. It's wonderful <coughs> that you're doing this job, Yeah, isn't
2: it? And, I, and I think, I know people will often um, question me about that, you know, the money in football and, mm. and you know, and, and is this good cause funding just a way in which it's camouflaging some, um, you know, um sort of unpopular view of the yeah, first sure. team players mm. and and I always say no you know as an evertonian we we pride ourselves again in you know we're fondly referred to as the people's club mm-hmm. um and, and I think Everton is referred to that because we do have a very unique and special bond with our community. It's very genuine. Mm. It's not manufactured. It's not yeah. created mm. for any other reason than... Um, that's what Evertonians want to do. We want yeah. to do it. We're proud of it. It makes us unique and different. Um, yeah. And and it, and it is an authentic um, way in which we connect with our fan base. And I'd never want us to lose that. No. It doesn't mean we don't have other aspirations, sort of commercially. and Of course you know. and have. You've got to have those. Pro- absolutely. But, mm. but it is something that... Um, we are absolutely admired for across our Premier League. Um, certainly clubs. are
0: mm-hmm. yeah. well uh, you certainly impressed the Prime Minister because this is what he said about Everton and the community it gets staff volunteers and players using their skills expertise and profile to make life better for people in the local community they are providing a huge number of ways for all ages and abilities to get involved in sport they're pioneering health campaigns job clubs and programs to reduce re-offending are also making a difference for everyone involved they've even opened The Everton Free School. So they're they're warm words indeed. And perhaps perhaps we'll talk about the free school, uh, Denise, in the final part of the show. And uh, again, Lawrence, it's all very impressive, isn't it, really? It's
1: amazing, absolutely amazing. I can't really... Add anything to what the Prime Minister
0: has said. Because you see, as a solicitor, you see life in the raw. You know what the community and the city can be like and anything that can
1: feed in and benefit the community has got to be hugely applauded. Absolutely, because uh, without this kind of help, I wouldn't say crime is out of control, but we certainly do need every kind of help we can. I always say when I'm in court, help has to come from within. Yes. Uh, And without help from within and an effort by the individual... Uh, all the uh the the, the topics that you could put on the table won't help but this is a tremendous uh, incentive for anybody who's got whether it's drug problems drug problems or any kind of personal problem to seek help and they would get it from Everton the community it's amazing
0: great stuff i'm talking to Lawrence Lee and Denise Barrett Baxendale we'll be talking more to them after this break don't go away
1: this is strictly john
0: keith City Talk 105.9. Hello, I'm John Keith, and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guests, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Chief Executive of Everton in the Community, the award-winning Everton in the Community, and Lawrence Lee, Chairman of the Everton Former Players Foundation. Uh, Lawrence, you mentioned earlier that uh, your administrator, is a lovely lady, Pat LeBone. Absolutely. Uh, wife, of course, of the late and much lamented Brian LeBone. Corinthian, yes. Corinthian, indeed. What a, And still much missed, oh, much yes. missed by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pat does a great job. And Denise, I must ask you, I know it's not a topic you want to uh, linger on for long, but, you know, a lady in football, a woman in football, um, they are a rising force, but I know you don't think of it like that, do you?
2: Um, I don't I get asked this question quite I'm often sure actually do. John um I'm sure you and do. and I suppose my my answer has to be a, a very honest one and and that is I never consider myself as a female in football I consider myself as a professional going into work to do the best I can each day yeah. for Everton Football Club and you know at Everton Football Club we're delighted to have you know we have um, some fantastic females and, and gentlemen working at that club and and it would all be based on your ability your skills qualities and qualifications to conduct that role so right. um, as I say um, I, I never consider myself as, as being in that. And that position.
0: philosophy goes right through Everton in the community, it does, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, because you said before you had a mixed gender football team. Absolutely. That's yeah. brilliant. Now mm-hmm. that's in, an interesting development. Do you think we'll ever see in the future full scale mixed men and women's teams?
1: Things have developed so much in the last thirty or forty years. For example, thirty or forty years ago, you'd never even see a lady in the directors' lounge at Everton, in the pavilion of a cricket club. You wouldn't see them in golf clubs. True. And things have changed so much that in 30 or 40 years, you never know, Everton's striker may be a lady. Yeah.
0: Which leads me to the question, um, and I hope this doesn't um, Mm. catch you out, not much catches you out anyway, Um, that in future years, might the Everton Former Players Foundation have... Ladies, women, members. It's not
1: beyond the bounds of possibility. It's At the moment, it's unlikely, but uh, that's only because a lady would not be expected to play for Everton at the moment. No. But our constitution states quite clearly that any player, player doesn't say male or female, it assumes male, but it needn't be, any player who has made one appearance since the war, since the Second World War, doesn't include wartime games. No. uh, But one first-team appearance in the first team is eligible for help from the foundation doesn't Mm -hmm. say woman or man so if uh, in years to come a lady played for Everton I don't think I'll be around by this time because I'm not exactly a spring chicken now (laughs) but if in 30 years when I'm about 108 uh, a lady uh, falls sick or is in need She's more than welcome to uh, contact us.
0: But, I mean, Everton and many other clubs do mm. have their own women's teams. Of course they So do. would they not be eligible in 20, 30 years' time, even if they didn't play in... Well, any... the
1: constitution would have to be changed. I see, right. But it could be changed There's no... mm. as long as we uh, agree it on the committee. And we're open to agreement. We've, we've changed little bits and bobs of the constitution, for example, number of trustees and that kind of thing. Uh, and as times go by, like in English law, you have to change with the times. And it could well be that uh, we certainly, if there was an application from uh, a former ladies' player, uh, it would be considered, right? And we'd look at the constitution and see whether or not uh, it would be necessary. But of course, most of the people who seek help from the foundation are players who played in the, on average, in the sixties and seventies. But of course, you get uh, you get younger players who have suffered illness. Obviously, I can't name names, but there are. Uh, there were one or two players who suffer things like early onset dementia. Yes. Um, other physical problems. We had a player who lost some toes. Yes. Uh, and we we offer help to anybody who needs any kind of physical help, uh, help as a result of physical uh, disabilities, um, financial needs, and Alzheimer's and dementia is becoming more and more common. Which is sad, but true. Sad, yeah. yeah,
0: and that's where we need to draw the distinction because other clubs, including Liverpool, mm. have their own former players' associations. They do, indeed. But they tend to um, raise money and give it to other charities, oh, which yes, is a very and, laudable and thing. Absolutely. Yours but is well different and then you look after the former players we as have a charity. To,
1: yeah, we, we look after our, our players. Yes. Uh, and there are so many of them. <clears throat> but, of course, as years go by, and sadly, year by year, we lose... Some yes. of our favourite. And, and there was
0: um Joe Gardner there, ninety, wasn't he? At the last absolutely. former absolutely he is now lunch. he's
1: now our oldest former player. Great, it looked it was, well too. But we had Albert Johnson uh, until a few years ago, and I remember taking him over to the from the one of the lounges over to the dinner, and he said, Slow down, Lawrence, I'm not Andy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and promptly stuck the ball in the net. He did yeah. indeed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's lovely that though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So um the thing about Women's football, it is growing now, isn't it? And there's a lovely story involving Goodison Park because in the 1920s there was a famous um, women's team called the Dick Kerr's Ladies' Team and they were based round an armaments factory in Preston Mm. and that was the women's team. And they they had full houses. They came to Everton and played St. Helens' Ladies and the gates were locked. There was 56,000 in the ground and thousands outside. And it wasn't long after that, the FA... In their wisdom, they slapped a ban on women playing on their affiliated pitches.
1: And how many years did that? And, and
0: back? that lasted fifty years wow. until nineteen seventy one. Um so Everton were in the vanguard of women's football. You know, right in in the Dixie Deanies. Yes, they absolutely. were. Uh but it's um it's I suppose the wheels of progress grind exceedingly slow, Very don't slowly. they? But but, um, but they grind.
1: At least they do move.
0: If they do but it wasn't until 1993 the FA mm. actively supported women's football. So um, you that's know, it's quite quick I, for the FA. It, it, I suppose it is really. Yeah, Mark Sampson is now the new women's football manager, which yeah. is a slight inversion of things. He's succeeded a woman as women's football manager. But well, that's it maybe, a sign of things to come. Well, it maybe. is maybe. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. Mm. But uh, it just remains to be seen. I mean, Everton uh, ladies' team has been tremendous and, and yeah. when, when Cups uh, I think Liverpool's uh, are doing very well Liverpool I think they've taken a couple of players off us actually yeah, if I'm not yeah. mistaken
0: but, but, but that's underlining the point you're making women's football now Denise Manchester Ooh. City too yeah. uh, is becoming very big Absolutely, isn't it yeah, and you well. must have links in
2: the community yeah, yeah with and the, we work very closely with Everton ladies yeah. and, and the
1: standard of football I mean, if you watch the women's World yes, Cup yeah. the German and American teams they're amazing
0: and, and the, Sweden, the uh, Scandinavian teams are always very strong yeah yeah, so um, who who knows? We may well see um, soon. As you say, it might not be in our lifetime, but I bet we do see women and I'm sure, and men. though, I've got no doubt of
1: that. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about
0: it. Now, Denise, if I can just turn to you and your sort of career path, I gather once upon a time... You had a Bob Latchford poster on the wall at home. <laughs> in my bedroom, is that right? Yeah, in your yeah. bedroom. Yeah, I
2: come from a, a big family of Evertonians. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, three sisters, all big Evertonians, which is why I often struggle with people asking me, you know, about females in football because you're well, brought up in a big, strong Evertonian mm, family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Favourite player, I had the privilege of, of meeting him, didn't I? Uh, I he, was favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was your favourite. Yeah. He was your favourite, was he? Yeah. And Graham Sharp.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, both yeah. great number nines, of course, yeah. yeah. So tell us your career path that landed you at Goodison Park, Denise.
2: Okay, well, I was um, born and bred in Liverpool. Um, went to school, obviously, in, in the city, and then probably almost about 25 years ago now, I left the city to go to Manchester to university. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I graduated, I um, secured jobs, a number of roles in, in um, prestigious Northwest universities, really. You missed uh, Manchester Business School, particularly around computing and engineering. They were the, the areas that I, I worked ah, in right. at that time in um, either yeah. academic or, or leadership roles. Right. Uh, then went off to Staffordshire University to the engineering yeah. uh, department there and then uh, came back up to work in the University of Chester. And I don't know whether you remember, but around the time, um, I'd continued studying and things mm. throughout, got an MBA and then was working towards a PhD. And uh, I was desperate to get back into my home city. It was about 13 years ago and I don't know whether you remember at the time, we were hemorrhaging a lot of graduates from this city. Yes, uh, So yes, my, indeed. my aspiration was to use the skills and qualities and uh, qualifications that I'd gained through my academic experience and come back into the city to try to make a difference. Um, and I saw a job advertised um, as a director of education leading a, a centre of innovation for new technologies in, in learning and it was in Speak in Parklands oh, right, working yeah. as a strategic director and speak on their new big development there and also in Shawfields in the Dingle and I was delighted I I got the job Um, and I worked there for about 10 years had a fantastic time privilege to work with the young people in that area and their families and developing a community strategy there yeah um, I was then approached to lead a, the first health and education trust in the northwest, and I was chief executive there. Right. Again, had fantastic opportunity to work with some of the most pioneering leaders yeah. um, in the northwest, and, and some globally actually, and yeah. um, very well esteemed um, professors. Um, two of whom is interestingly still work. They're still interestingly right. working yeah. with me now, Sir John Jones and Professor Chambers, to name but two of those people. And huge Evertonians, uh, home and away season yeah. ticket holders. So we were obviously meant to be. Um, yes. And then I was um, contacted by the club to to see whether I could help them with a turnaround management project right. at Everton. So in the you community. were headhunted
0: in a way. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> yes you
2: were. Yeah. And uh, I I just went uh, along and I mean I couldn't resist it. You know. Oh, and, uh, I could imagine. I couldn't yes. resist it. So I went in um, and I, I I've forgotten all of my career really prior to being at yeah. Everton because I just <laughs> yeah. have been so absorbed in it yeah. and um, yeah. obviously I was uh, three years as chief executive of, of Everton in the community I'm also chief operating officer at the club and then in June of this year last year sorry um, Robert Elston and, and the board of directors invited me to be the deputy chief executive of the club yes. so my portfolio now includes um, I think of it as I have the heart of the club which is all of the operation about getting the match on so the security right. stadium safety big Hampshire, responsibility yeah and, and information systems mm. uh, the lottery everton free school and then the heart that we wear on our sleeve which is obviously the everton in the community yeah, so yeah. Um, i have a big involvement in in the match day obviously the provision of match day yeah. around the security and and um, right, so. and delivery of that event mm, yeah. um which is fantastic yeah. so very varied very yeah. fast pace really exciting. i must admit
0: i've been very impressed by robert elston he's a very go-ahead guy, isn't he? Positive and...
2: He's a wonderful man to work with. He's a great operator. He really is. He's a gentleman. He's so committed to the fans. Mm, You know, um, really support... He's been personally very supportive of me and if you go to Robert with an idea that he thinks will improve the club, he's right behind it. Mm. So, I mean, I feel very privileged to spend... Mm you know, so many hours with him each day, spend yeah. more time, we spend I, I more time gonna, together I, than at home.
0: Yes, I was going to ask you, I mean, presumably you have meetings with him every day. A yes, yeah, well, we Very, very close, work yeah, we, as a unit, really. Yes, we
2: have a connecting office, so oh, we, right. we literally have the ability to go in and out and see yeah. one another. Um, and, you know, we as I say, we have that relationship whereby we're very aspirational for the club. Um, we work I support Robert on a, a number of cross club initiatives mm-hmm. alongside my own portfolio yeah. mm-hmm. um, and also he's just the most fantastic ambassador for Everton in the community as well oh, so man. I you know I, I just have to say I've never had you know such fantastic support <coughs> in any leadership post that I've right. held in my career yeah
0: I mean I know um, it's the January transfer window I'm not asking you about <laughs> m- moves but presumably do you have an input into that or not I don't you no, don't no no no, no, no. Um, you've got enough to do no yeah I don't you? yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: obviously, I'm informed and advised. but yeah, we sure. have obviously our head of football of who'll course. be doing all that work. Yeah, absolutely, and the chairman, um, and yeah. obviously Robert. Chairman's very hands on. Absolutely, isn't and yeah. and obviously Roberto. Bill so, Kenwright, we yeah, should say. That, if anyone doesn't know, yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's not um, that's not an area of work. No, that, no. That well, yeah, as I
0: say, good enough to do. And so, just rounding off, Lawrence, um, an exciting season so far for Everton, um, full of possibilities.
1: There are possibilities, and I'm hoping wheels don't fall off. Because I was uh, bragging a little bit over Christmas and then, lo and behold, on Boxing Day, there was a blip. That
0: was a strange game. It was a very strange but game. They but they still played well, even though they lost, which yes, is Yes, I good know, but it, just, it was just one of those things. It days. was, yeah. Uh,
1: but no things are looking uh, looking good and uh, there should be European football. I mean, I can't, I'd be amazed if the wheels fell off to the extent that they're not in Europe. And hopefully the top four mm. position, I think the top three are pulling away a little bit. Maybe. I think, mm. but um, you never know if they can just keep, I always say, if you beat the bottom ten home and away, you're in. <laughs> well, there you are. That's 60 points.
0: Of course, um, before the month is out, yeah. before January is out, there's the Mersey Derby. Mm. So that, that could be could critical be quite, on whether European pivotal, football could or could which be. type of European football. Yes, I,
1: absolutely. I think they'll both get in. I think they'll do you? Do. Well, it depends on who wins the cups. I think. Yes. Uh, well, yes. I think Man City will win the League Cup. Everton will win the FA Cup anyway. So there's oh, rugby right. in Europe.
0: Yes. Yeah. Europe. What do you think about the FA Cup draw?
1: Stevenage. Interesting. Yeah. Stevenage. We yeah. played them in the League Cup as well. Yes. Um, it's it could, it could have been a lot worse. I always like a home draw, but uh, Stevenage away. We'll Have to take, I can't see us.
0: And now live on television, of course. Yes, well. that's good. Yes, yeah, well, the clock has beaten us. Denise Barrett Baxendale, thank you very much for being my guest. Oh, thank you. Hope it wasn't me. too painful. No, thank not you. at all. And Lawrence, once again, thank you very much indeed. So, thank you so much for having me. So, from Denise Barrett Baxendale, I'm from Lawrence Lee, and myself, John Keith, from this edition of Strictly John Keith, goodbye. Strictly John Keith, City Talk 105.9.